What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Happy to be joined on this Monday by Kyle Posey. What is up, KP? Hey, man. How's it going? Back at it. How's your weekend? Do anything fun? Can you do anything fun? I took my son sledding yesterday, and he loved it. So that was the highlight. What is the weather like where you are? It's about 30 degrees, and there's snow everywhere that is now hardened into ice. That is unbelievable. Um, I went outside with shorts on because the weather is 75 degrees where I live at, and it has been all month. Happy Monday. All right. You're a big jerk. So that'll do it for this edition of the Niners Nation podcast. Look, man, I'm trying to make the best of it. All right. We've been cooped up in the house. I finally, I was happy that it was 30 degrees so we could go outside and do that. It's been colder than that lately. Jeez, man, that is brutal. I do not miss that. So all my life or for the most of my life, I spent most of my life or spent the beginning of my life in California, spent a big chunk of my life in Iowa. So now that I am away from the snow, this is beautiful. Like I, I cannot believe that I was missing out on all this. So just thought you should know that. You're like Tom Brady, right? You were in the snow and now you've got out of it and you're like, how did I ever live there for this long? We'll never go back. Speaking of never going back, I have been hoping all off season that the 49ers will never go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. It seems like that is going to be the case, but it's Monday. So you know what that means. The famous Monday morning quarterback columns come out. Albert Breer has one. Peter King has his football morning in America. And that's where we are going to focus today's episode because he has a couple of trade proposals for the 49ers when it comes to Deshaun Watson that people are freaking out about, frankly, and I don't, I don't really understand why. So, first of all, before we get to the trade proposals, I feel like every single person in the media that talks about the 49ers when they talk about trading Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw in the obligatory... Well, I think San Francisco would be fine with going into 2021 with Jimmy G. But, like, why do they all do that? Is that a contractual obligation? Yeah, that's a good question. And I also wonder, and, and I guess we're, get, we're going to get this, but in Peter King's case, he's been pretty spot on about the 49ers, right? Like, he seems to be relatively plugged in. So, in this scenario, is he perhaps hearing something? Or is this just, you know, him continue to... To throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't forget, he was embedded in the 49ers draft room for the faded Solomon Thomas Reuben Foster draft that he was breaking his arm, patting the Niners on the back for. Turns out to be one of the biggest draft disasters in team history. Yeah, I remember those. And I think it was uh, the great Grant Cohn over the weekend just talking about how after that draft, you know, everybody was writing articles and talking about how the 49ers did this and did that and what a trade or, you know, what a draft pick for both of those situations. So, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Just wondering, you know, how much of this is what he's hearing and how much of this is just kind of fluff, offseason fluff. So let's get into it a little bit. And he says a couple of things that stood out to me. He has two trade proposals, one involving just the 49ers and the Texans and another three-team proposal with Houston and Minnesota. We'll start with the one with the one-on-one deal first. And he mentions he puts Fred Warner in the deal and he says 
that it would be painful to lose him, but re-signing in San Francisco in the next 12 months might affect the franchise's ability to keep other great young players like Nick Bosa in-house. Like, why? What The 49ers can't re-sign two guys? Like, what is he talking about? Yeah, that was that threw me off because they could if you want to sign Nick Bosa, you're going to sign Nick Bosa. There is no, you know, questions about that. We're talking about your two best defensive players. You're not just going to let them walk. But it it to me, it came off as a DeForest Buckner situation where the 49ers thinking about team are going to come down to, you know, do we want this guy or do we want that guy? And obviously you're going to take Bosa no matter how you feel about Fred Warner because it's Nick Bosa. So that's why Warner was included in the deal, I imagine. But real quick, in this hypothetical, would you rather Warner or Kittle? Oh, Kittle. I would ship Kittle out to get to Sean Watson so fast it would make people's head spin. He's a tight end. He's a great tight end, but he's a tight end. You you have to ship him out if you can if you can get out of shipping Warner for Kittle, you have to. Who is more valuable? Is definitively would you say that Warner is more valuable to the 49ers than George Kittle? A thousand percent. Would you? I I would, and I but I wonder how others would feel about that. I don't think that we'd be in the majority there. I think people just because what you see from Kittle, and you know, you're always going to have the record. You're always going to have him being high, voted high by the players in the NFL. Like those are the talking points that people will use when speaking about this. But just what they're doing on the field in a Kyle Shanahan offense, I think you can get away with not having Kittle. Whereas. Warner's just going to bail out so many other guys and just, you know, hide a couple, few other deficiencies that you have where you would much rather have Warner on the field as opposed to, you know, losing out on Kittle. That is such a good point. Like Warner hides deficiencies. He makes up for other people's mistakes. Kittle doesn't do that. I mean, he, he can't. It's, it's not a, a knock on him. It's just the nature of the position he plays. Warner is a middle linebacker. He controls the whole defense. Kittle is a tight end. He's like honestly, like I feel like he's one of the most replaceable pieces in the Niners offense. That's pretty nuts to say, just because the 49ers finished without with all the injuries that they had, and knowing that Kittle missed all of that time, they still finished fifth in the NFL in explosive passing plays this past season with backup quarterbacks and wow. essentially no receiving threats outside of Brandon Ayuk, and even he missed time. So I don't think people are aware of you know how. How good of a play caller the the play caller is. We'll say that. Okay, let's get to the proposed deal. It is the Niners getting Deshaun Watson and trading away seven different assets to the Texans. So the Niners would give up Jimmy Garoppolo, Fred Warner, Mike McGlinchey, who I imagine many people would not be sad about losing, their first round pick in 2021, their second round pick in 2021, their first round pick in 2022, and their third round pick in 2022. First reaction, would you make this trade as constructed by Peter King? Yes. No hesitation. If the goal, and we know that to sustain success, you need a franchise quarterback or a quarterback at a who can play at a very high level, which Deshaun Watson has and will continue to do, you're not going to miss Warner. You're really not. And you... So you're going to miss the draft picks to replace two starters in this situation, McGlinchey and Warner, but you can shuffle. I mean, they played 2019 without Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey and they were still winning football games. So it's not as if you need these two all pro book and tackles to score points. And then we saw just in limited action against Washington and what the team looks like without, you know, Fred Warner. And again, it's more about Deshaun Watson 
Deshaun Watson scoring more points. So Warner becomes less valuable. I think that is the, the train of thought that if you make this deal, that is the reason why. Right. If if Warner's gone and your defense suffers, the idea is you will overcome that because Watson's going to be able to score so many more points in this offense with Kyle Shanahan and everybody else. I would absolutely make the trade a thousand percent myself. I would feel pretty good about it because really it doesn't. I mean, you hurt your 2022 draft a little, but like honestly, I think it's it's pretty good. You know, you're going to suffer a little bit of a price when it comes to draft picks, but it's not like. I still think they'd be in a better position than, say, the Houston Texans are now with no first and second in back-to-back years. Yeah, so let's say you go, you win 10 games in, in two seasons with Watson, and then on the third season, you have all of your draft capital back. What is the problem here? <laughs> what are we really missing out on? The odds that, I mean, you're going you're, you're to make the playoffs in both years, and then once you get to the playoffs, you no longer have to worry about or, in this situation, you have a special player under center, and that's what it takes to win in the NFL, especially against going up the uh, going up against a team like Tampa Bay, who's a well-rounded team. Right, and you—that's a good point you just said. In two years, so in other words, when Deshaun Watson is 27, entering into his physical prime, you're going to have your full slate of draft picks. Like, who wouldn't sign up for that right now? That if I told you you could wake up tomorrow and that's the situation the 49ers would be in, would you not? Take it? Like, who's turning that down? And you you don't have Fred Warner's contract on the books. You have Nick Bosa extended. You likely have Brandon Ayuk extended by then. Who knows what you do with Debo Samuel? But you have your core players with Deshaun Watson and Kyle Shanahan calling plays. I think the 49ers are going to be all right without that draft capital. So let me ask you this. What if Houston said, well, we like that, but instead of Warner, we want Bosa? Would you do the deal? That would be much more difficult. I probably would walk back a, a pick, a first round pick or something like that, because I'm not letting go of like, I, the only issue with Bosa is that his injury history and, you know, he's banged up a little bit at Ohio state. And then obviously he's coming off of an ACL and there's no guarantee that he's going to come back stronger or better or be the same player. Obviously in today's world, athletes do recover better and more quick, more quickly once they're hurt, once they're coming back from serious knee injuries, but there's no guarantee. So that would be the only reason that I, you know, be willing to do this. But still, we're talking about Nick Bosa and after one year. Um, I mean, he's he was one of the more dominant players in the NFL. And that doesn't matter no matter how many years he's been in the league. Like he was one of the best players in the NFL. So because of that and knowing his age, that's why I would want to hold on to him. So you don't think we've seen the best Nick Bosa yet? I think we've seen the worst of Nick Bosa. I think what we saw in 2019 <laughs> was seriously the worst he'll be in, which is crazy because, I mean, there are some nitpicky things like he he lost contain a few times or he's a little out of control and missed tackles and missed sacks early on in the season. But to think that, yeah, I think everything that he will do or will get better at, he like his trajectory is just out of control, unreal, that you, you, don't, you, don't, you normally do not see with players that young. I would include Bosa in the trade for two reasons. One, like you said, the injury history is a factor and you can't ignore that. But also, he may pull a DeForest Buckner and say when it's time to negotiate a new deal, like, I want all my money up front. I'm not doing a backloaded deal. I'm not doing your team-friendly deals that you always seem to do with everybody else. I'm not doing that. So trade me like you did DeForest Buckner. Like, that could happen. Now, maybe the Niners are more willing to franchise him for a year or two. I don't know. But... That kind of uncertainty 
when I'm getting Deshaun Watson back to me means I would be willing to put him in a deal at if I absolutely had to. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So when it's if it comes down to it and the I had no other option, knowing that I want to get Watson because I can depend on Watson, then I would include Bosa. I mean, I know we keep talking about it, but it keeps coming up for a reason. And until the Texans do anything, this is the type of stuff that that's going to pop up. Sorry if you're tired of it, but blame the 49ers for not extending their quarterback and allowing the organization to essentially be held hostage by the deal and blame the Texans because they keep sitting on this thing. And I'm convinced that they have to do a deal before the draft because the compensation that they're going to get back for him is not going to be as good as if they wait to after the draft. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think the longer they wait, the less leverage that they have. So before the draft, they can get, you know, all the types of draft capital that they want and probably players and whatnot. But as I said, the longer they wait, what, what do they have to gain? Nobody's going to want to. So in Deshaun Watson's case, he's, is, are you going to sit out for the whole season? Like, are you going to run that risk of not getting anything and going entering into 2021 season without a quarterback at all? Like, that is a gamble that you're willing to take because while it's only social media stuff right now, Watson doesn't have he's not obligated to show up for anything. And even if he skips, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> there's there's not much that they could do. So the. They're running a they're running a risk, and the longer they wait, just I, I don't know. I, I think it's more realistic that the 49ers probably draft or you know trade up for a quarterback as opposed to landing Watson. But all they have to do is restructure Jimmy Garoppolo, and none of this would be talking about right now. Yep. All they all they have to do is do something with his contract, anything with his contract, and we will never talk about this again. I think it'll be telling after free agency if we if we don't see any moves as far as Jimmy Garoppolo's contract goes what they how they feel about him heading into the draft and the other thing peter king noted too in his column that the texans are of course getting offers for deshaun and they are literally not responding they're not saying like no hang on check in later like they are just flat out not responding which i think is them trying to act tough and like send this message that it's not happening but you know they're just writing down and is i'm sure nick casario has in his office okay panthers called offered three first round picks, player XYZ. I'm sure he's keeping track of what teams are offering because he knows there probably is going to be a time when he actually does have to make a move. Okay, let's get into another proposed deal from Peter King in the same Monday morning or football morning in America column. And this is a three-way trade and this has 49ers fans like nervous. 49ers Twitter (laughs) is terrified that this deal might actually happen. So it's a three-way trade, Niners, Vikings, Texans. The 49ers would end up with Kirk Cousins, and they would trade away to Houston, Garoppolo, and this year's first-round pick. The Vikings would end up with Deshaun Watson. They would trade away Kirk Cousins, of course, to San Francisco. Second-round picks in 2022, 2023, a first-round pick this year, and a first-round pick in 2023. The Viking or the Texans, of course, would trade away Deshaun Watson, and they would end up with the Niners first round pick, all those picks from the Vikings and Anthony Barr and Alexander Matheson. If the 49ers are going to be in a three-way trade involving Deshaun Watson, if they don't end up with Deshaun Watson, that's a disaster. The, the whole point of inquiring about Deshaun Watson is to land Deshaun Watson. It's not to help one of your buddies out or help another team out to land Deshaun Watson. 
There should be no scenario where you're involved in a trade that involves Deshaun Watson and he is not, he does not end up in the Bay area. What I want to know is did Kyle Shanahan send Kirk cousins anything for Valentine's day? Because (laughs) we are talking about trading a first round pick for Kirk cousins. What are we doing here? No, do not do that. You are just immediately handcuffed as far as the salary cap goes. Yes, he plays a lot. Yes, he is a good quarterback. In no way at this stage should you trade a first-round pick for him, especially considering the quality of quarterbacks that are in the NFL draft this year. Like There are four legitimate quarterbacks who are going – I feel like they're all going to be good, and you cannot say that any other year. Most of the years – these guys are pushed up the draft boards because for whatever reason. But in this case, I feel like they're all warranted to be top 15 guys. So in that's in that case, yeah, trading a first round for Kirk Cousins, yeah, uh, he's never gonna live that down. And honestly, he deserves that. And like like you said, a first round pick and Jimmy Garoppolo for Kirk Cousins, that's essentially what you'd be giving up in this deal. That's insanity. If you're gonna move your first round pick, like you said, move up for a quarterback. You can get a guy that's maybe as good, we don't know, but also cheaper the rookie contract is is it would be a huge factor in this whole thing so this deal is terrifying i did see this tweet from tim kawakami he said once again the viking quarterback who gives 49ers fans shutters is mentioned as a theoretical 49ers possibility this time by peter king comma who knows a few things which goes back to the point that you made earlier in the thing about is peter plugged in with the niners and how much of this is speculation and how much is educated guesses yeah and oh man so again cousins for a first rounder so that it's an easy connection to make just because kyle shanahan and kirk cousins i understand why he would do that to think that kirk cousins value right now is worthy of a first round pick is terrifying, honestly. So I I understand why a 49ers fan would shudder. In this scenario, though, what does that say about Jimmy Garoppolo if the 49ers are willing to unload him and a not a first round? Last year they were picking towards the bottom of like that is a first round pick. What I imagine because we 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 expect the 49ers to be good. We're talking about number 12. Like they traded up into the top 15 last year because of Buckner. They earned number 12 for lack of better words this year (laughs) based on how they played in 2020 so to move that valuable of a pick and your quarterback man uh, a lot of tweets will have to be deleted defending sir james that's for sure i mean yeah that 49ers twitter would just burst into flames i think if that were to actually happen i mean you can't (laughs) that to show how much they would want to get rid of jimmy garoppolo that would be like don't ever tell me that the niners were comfortable with garoppolo and that they were cool with it and that no because if they traded jimmy and a first to get kirk cousins and not deshaun watson in this three-team trade like that would be extreme desperation that would basically be like they are past the point of no return and had to do whatever they could to get rid of him I feel like all I'm thinking about right now is the first press conference after Kirk Cousins was traded for a first round pick <laughs> and what Kyle Shanahan, what would he say? <laughs> because uh, like my first question is, what were you thinking? <laughs> like why? Based on your team's salary cap, based on just projecting in the future, like is si- playing 16 games that valuable to you? Because that's essentially what he's saying. Kirk Cousins is an upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. The problem is the salary cap. 
and how you know handcuffed you would be to make other maneuvers. So to just to unload a first round pick in my mind right now, it's just I don't know how you come to that conclusion unless you really feel like 16 games is that valuable where you don't have to worry about it at all. And that's what's in question here. And think about this. The cost of Kirk Cousins would not just be the first round pick. It would be passing on Deshaun Watson in the draft in 2017 and Mahomes because they didn't they didn't look into those guys and take those guys because the Kirk Cousins was the plant. Then you pass on Watson again because you're not trading for him in this deal and you're giving a first round pick to acquire Kirk Cousins. So the like you think Kirk Cousins is so good, he's worth Deshaun Watson, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, and a first round pick. And skipping on Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and right. Zach Wilson because all of them could be had for that first round pick and probably another future for uh future first, future second, whatever it may be. But they're not costing over $30 million for the next couple seasons. That is a big deal. So, man, I, I, I don't see it happening. But if it did, that would, hooey, that would give us plenty to talk about. Let's just say that. I mean, if you wanted Kirk Cousins, you don't need to involve the Houston Texans. That's the thing, right? You could just go right to Minnesota and, and cook up some sort of deal that, that would be less than a first-round pick. So that's the weird thing. Like, what do the 49ers gain by being involved in this three-team trade, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't at all because you would think unloading Garoppolo's salary would be, you know, the key to the deal. But you're gaining Cousins, so immediately right. you offset any any gain that you made. And and Cousins is, I think, I believe, like a few million dollars cheaper than Garoppolo for 2021. But again, that spikes up the next season. So a short-term gain is not worth the long-term investment and in the, the assets that you gave up. Yeah, I mean it. I look, I think there should be more three team trades in the NFL. I would love to see it. I think it opens up like a ton of possibilities. I just don't think this one makes any sense as constructed. Now, if the 49ers were were getting some picks from Minnesota or Houston, something like that, maybe I could see it. But I just I don't I don't think that that makes very much sense. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, there's a couple other odds and ends I want to get to that I haven't told Kyle about at all. So that's going to be fun to spring them on you when we come back. Welcome back to the Niners Nation podcast. We've been talking to Sean Watson for a whole bunch of the show today. Let's keep the quarterback talk going. Here's a couple of things I saw that I haven't told you about because I want to get your straight up reaction with them. First is Jeff Howe of The Athletic, who covers the Patriots for them, was talking about the Patriots and how they've basically called to investigate every single quarterback possibility. And of course, he mentions Jimmy Garoppolo and says that the he thinks the value of Jimmy G is a Saturday draft pick at most. Do you agree with that? Wow, that is surprising. And it's only because what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, in 2019, you see you, the quarterback record it does matter. Like as much as, you know, we want to make fun of it, that does matter. Winning in the QB wins, I feel like from a coaching standpoint, are a thing. But injuries and salary cap and in this situation if you know the 49ers are going to move on from him no matter what then that drives down his price so maybe we shouldn't be too surprised that you're not you're only going to get like a fourth or a fifth round if it's only a conditional pick for jimmy again a lot of tweets will have to be deleted because they're the, he's <laughs> been in defense like he's been defended to no end so far so that that's a bit surprising but i think when you factor in everything not not as much when I first read it, I was like, wow, that that is stunning to me a little bit. Um, and one more thing for the 
quarterback situation, if the Patriots are really being that aggressive and investigating all things, it has me even more convinced that the Niners are going to have to move up from 12 to get somebody. There's just too many people. I mean, potentially the Giants, the Broncos, the Panthers are going to get a quarterback. I don't know if it's going to be Deshaun Watson, but their owner, he's not even like hiding it. He has said, we have to get a franchise quarterback. And when your owner says we have to do this, you do it. Like that, that's the end of it. So they're going to get somebody. So you're going to have to at least move up past or before them. Not to mention the Lions could potentially do it. The Eagles at six, I think, are in the quarterback market. So there's no way they stay at 12 and take a quarterback. Well, if they stay at 12, they're not going to have an opportunity to take a quarterback. I think that's what it really comes down to. And I think the Eagles are a team to definitely look out for because we didn't see anything from Jalen Hurts to make to see, oh, wow, he's going to be our guy moving forward. Like he he beat out Carson Wentz. All right. (laughs) That is terrific. Uh, that's not going to, you know, that's not going to win people over. I, I just think that there are, as you said, there are a ton of teams that the 49ers are going to have to jump in front of, which is going to make it more difficult, which is why, you know, it seems more and more and why people are saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to come back just because the, the odds of them being able to jump so many teams to land a guy, like they're not going to be the only one who likes Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, or Trey Lance, or whoever it may be. And you're not if you draft Mac Jones at 12, then <laughs> we got issues. So yeah, there's two sides to that. There's one, are you willing to pay the cost of what it takes to move up if nobody else was interested, if you just love a guy that nobody else is in on, but what you're talking about like there's going to be a bidding war. So you're going to have to pay above and beyond the value of whatever you think the number 2 pick or whatever pick you're trading for is worth because you have to beat everybody else out. The odds that the 49ers do that slim to none unless like we talked about they are so desperate to get rid of jimmy that they will pay any cost and that's going to be interesting and again that's going to tell us we are going to find out exactly how they feel about jimmy there will be no excuses need to be made like there's not there's going to be a right side and that's going to be the decision they make if they feel like moving into 2021 and jimmy garoppolo is their quarterback the price was too much to move up the the alternative options were not better and they felt like you know keeping the core together keeping the team together and running it back quote unquote gives them the best option to win if not they know that they cannot count on jimmy to stay healthy they know that whoever other quarterback can do the same thing he can at a much cheaper price or if it's watson in this scenario that you know they just need a franchise guy and they know five years from now deshaun watson is going to be the best quarterback in the nfl or among the best quarterbacks in the nfl as he is today You know, we talked about David Tepper with the Panthers, about how he has basically said we're getting a quarterback. You know, part of me wonders, does Jed York need to step in and say, enough of this. We need a new guy. Make it happen. You have, you know, you have my permission to do whatever you need to do. Is that something that you think needs to happen? Yeah. And and again, we because Tepper is so vocal about this, we don't know if Jed's behind the scenes saying, hey, guys, we got to make a move. We got to do something. And maybe... Kyle and John have taken proposals to him about moving up to three, moving up to two, making a move for Watson. Hey, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? So I wouldn't I wouldn't close the door and act like that's not happening right now, because I imagine these conversations are happening and, and probably not just about the quarterback. either. I totally agree. And and for people that don't think that stuff happens, it happens all the time. That's what they, owners it's their job are, every day. 
Yeah. Right. And owners are constantly getting involved in. It's not just Daniel Snyder in Washington that's calling up saying, take RG3. Like he is far from the only guy. The owners get what the owners want. And it's not always, you know, Jed York picking up the phone and screaming at John Lynch, get a quarterback. Sometimes it's a conversation that they have where he says, you know, it would really be great if we had a franchise quarterback. It would really be great if we had a quarterback that we knew was going to play all 16 games. Sometimes it's like little subtle things like that. And that's how that sentiment gets expressed seriously yeah and and i don't know enough about jed york to know how hands-on he is or just to know how demanding he is as well so that that's kind of the gray area where we we kind of you know we're in the background or we're, we're out of the loop but i imagine seeing other teams make moves for an owner in that standpoint is not going to make you kind of sit on your hands and oh we'll be okay so that probably has, you know, just as much to do with the decision making as anything else. That is a good point. You know, he's had to sit back and the Rams made this bold move. Everybody's talking about the Rams. Russell Wilson's already good. You know, all of a sudden the 49ers are not the darlings of the NFC West anymore. And I, I like you said, I don't know how much that matters to Jed York, but I know he cares about the stadium being full and making money that way. And maybe he feels like they need to make a splash to keep that kind of momentum going. What do you think happens? Like, what is your prediction as of today? And obviously these are fluid. So whatever you say happens today could be different a week from now because there are going to be moves that are going to be made, I imagine. So as of today, what do the 49ers do at quarterback? The 49ers are a value-based organization. They have their philosophies. They have their prices in mind for certain people. They do not deviate off of that no matter what. So I think that they keep Jimmy Garoppolo. They are not going to go beyond their value chart and win bidding wars for anything, whether it's a draft pick or Deshaun Watson. I think they stick with Jimmy. They don't restructure him, which I feel like is literally the worst possible thing that they can do. And we're back in this exact same situation a year from now. Yeah, that's... It's terrifying to think that Come week eight, you could be in a similar situation. And I think that is a realistic thing that fans need to understand when they're deciding these things. Whereas you're not, why would you invest multiple millions of dollars into a backup quarterback when you can just go get a starter? So, because of that, as of today, my guess would be that the team trades up into the top five, whatever it, whatever it takes. I think they, they do get a little desperate. And I think that they end up taking like a Justin Fields type of guy because. With how he played, he played through injuries. Like he was able to, he just looked like the quote unquote tough guy. And that resonates with Kyle Shannon, I think. And, and because of that, and, and obviously he's a successful player, he's a great athlete, and he's big time quarterback or whatever, but just the style of his play and to see him play a game with cracked ribs, that is going to resonate with Kyle Shannon, who is a quote unquote football guy. And Justin Fields is a football guy. So that's why I think, uh, Kyle Shannon's going to fall for him and, and do whatever it takes to get him. I hope, man. And Kyle has mentioned fearlessness when talking about quarterbacks multiple times about how much he loves that that quality in a quarterback. You know, playing through injury, standing in the pocket, delivering a ball when you know you're going to get crunched. That definitely matters to him. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. A couple more odds and ends. You and I both would love to see J.J. Watt with the Niners if they could work it out. I don't know if you saw this, Kyle. On Twitter, somebody tweeted at him, you want to sign somewhere or nah? And he said, I scroll through DoorDash for like an hour before I pick a restaurant, man. You're going to have to give me a second to choose a new team and city. 
Is there any way the Niners end up with JJ? You think that's a pipe dream? I think there is about a 0.7% chance that JJ Watt signs with the 49ers. Uh, sorry to burst your bubble. Um, just as far as allocating funds, he's fresh off, um, not this past season, but he's had season ending injuries in the multiple in the last five years. So that's scary. And to think that he's just going to all of a sudden get healthier as he gets older, that's just not how this works. And building through the draft, like this is a strong class for edge rushers. So you would much rather, you know, invest in a guy that is in his young, in his twenties on a rookie contract, where you probably have to pay JJ Watt one million fifteen dollars. Like if he's going to do that, especially with his salary cap dropping, that's not going to make it any easier. I think Watt ends up with like the Bills, Browns, Ravens. Like I think he's going to stay in the AFC. That'd be interesting. I mean, I wouldn't want to see him in the Bills, considering they worked us last year without him. But um, aside from Watt, just in general. Do you think the 49ers are a team that guys will take less money to play for? Are they still at that status? Because I think they were after 2019. Now, after another 10 loss season, I don't know if they're still there. Yeah, that's tough. I, I do think the name Kyle Shanahan holds a lot of weight in the NFL. And I think just seeing, knowing that what he can do for you as a player, like you can get open and you can have a lot of yards, especially as a skill player. And then on the defensive side, they're still a very good defense. And D'Amico Ryans is a former NFL player. So teams are, or players are going to know that name for sure and see the success that the team has had. And still, you have both. So if you're a secondary player, you see the 49ers front and all they've invested in the front. That's going to probably allow you to hey, my life's going to be much easier. So I would be down to play for a little less, but I I don't think so. Just I don't think as much as other teams. So a team like the Bills, for example, Josh Allen rookie contract like that matters to teams. Like they know that um, hey, they were just in the AFC Championship and they're probably not going to be any worse anytime soon. So why I would want to be a part of that. So I I would imagine. There are other franchises that are more enticing than San Francisco. So the 49ers probably aren't in the top five, if that answers the question. Yeah, that see, again, it all goes back to the quarterback. It, that's a difference maker for so many different reasons. Like, guys are not going to take less to play with Fred Warner, even though he's awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's just not how they think about things. So, again, all the incentive in the world for them to make a change. We'll see if they actually do. Kyle, thank you very much for the time today. I appreciate it. I loved your article on NinersNation.com. Go check it out. The one edge rusher in this draft the 49ers should take a chance on. There's a ton of good stuff on Niners Nation always, but I think you have been crushing it this past week. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm going to try to just get out more draft prospects, just um, ideas of who the team should be interested in, who fits what they want to do. And I think as far as Jalen Phillips goes, probably the best athlete he, he was rumored to run like a four six laser time was working out with ucla skill players um <laughs> it, like he's that type of athlete he moves that well so if you're gonna roll the dice he has an injury history but he like people have here's the comps that people have told me so jj watt was one they they look at him and think jj watt they looked at him and think alden smith they looked at him and think chandler jones those are three names that have came up oh. to people who have no ties at all no association to Phillips. So when guys are being compared to like all pro, all everything players, yeah, roll the dice on them. And see, that's perfect for me because I'm not going to lie. I don't spend any time watching college football during the year. So, but as we get closer and closer to the draft, I think we are 66 days away from the NFL draft. Like that's the stuff I want because I kind of like to be on the lookout for certain guys as I'm watching it. 
So go to NinersNation.com, check out all that. As always, rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We'll be talking about draft prospects and free agency. We've also got a couple of other things planned for you beyond the podcast. So you're going to see us pop up in a couple of different places. We'll have more information for you on that as we get a little closer to our little surprise events. Until then, enjoy your day, everybody. Thanks for listening, and go Niners. 